Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim In the name of Allah The most gracious, the most merciful We start this program tonight By addressing the explanation Of the first uh, ten verses of Surah Al-Kahf Of chapter 18 in the Quran the recitation of some of which you have heard uh, a moment ago and I will base this explanation on the tafsir or the explanation of our Shaykh Rahimahullah Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymeen may Allah's mercy be upon him which he conducted in the year 1419 of Hijrah shortly before his death rahimahullah ta'ala and in the beginning he started by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and making salah and salam on the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and his family and his companions and he and he rahimahullah explained first that this surah this chapter is a Meccan revelation meaning took place or was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad in Mecca and that some of the verses of it like verses 1 to 8 and 28 and 107 to 110 that some of the scholars are of the opinion that these were revealed in Medina but he the Shaykh said that this exception needs a dalil needs an evidence and uh, because originally the whole surah is a Meccan revelation and uh, if you see an exception then you need a dalil, you need an evidence and what then he made a definition of what is the Meccan revelation and what is the Medinite revelation as to the Meccan revelation it means that all the revelation that was uh, revealed before the migration of Prophet Muhammad وسلم, to Medina before the Hijrah, before the migration and that the Medanite revelation is that which uh, took place after uh, the immigration okay. even though it may, be have, it may be or some of it may have been revealed outside Medina or uh, in, a, in a place other than Medina that is the criteria is time is timing that what distinguishes the two is the timing that before Hijrah is Meccan although it may have been revealed outside Mecca and after the Hijrah is Medanite although it may have been revealed after uh, the uh, or in a place other than Medina and uh, for example the verse in Surah Al-Ma'idah which is chapter 5 verse 3 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَةِ وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَةِ Today I have perfected for you your religion and I have completed my favors upon you and I have chosen Islam for you as your religion this uh, was revealed in Arafah in Arafah during the farewell pilgrimage of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam 
So it is a Medinite, this verse is a Medinite revelation, although it took place outside Medina, it took place in Arafah, while the Prophet Muhammad was conducting وسلم, his last uh, farewell pilgrimage. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, the chapter starts, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. And the first verse, Alhamdulillah alladhi anzala ala abdihi al-kitaba wa lam yaj'al lahu iwaja. All the praises and thanks be to Allah, who has sent down to his slave Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the book which is the Quran, and has not placed therein any crookedness. This is the verse. Alhamd started by Alhamd. And this is a attributing to Allah, the one who is praised, attributing to Him perfection out of love and magnification. Out of, of love and magnification. And through such a definition, uh, the term madh, which is commendation, does not take place. Because to commend someone does not necessitate love or magnification. Sometimes people, you know, commend a person who is not an equivalent of, of, a, of a filth, which is, you know... Uh, uh, the basis of any uh, the basis of any uh, currency but they do that because of the benefit or to repel a certain harm however alhamd which is the praise فَإِنَّهُ وَصْفٌ بِالْكَمَالِ مَعَ الْمَحَبَّةِ وَالتَّعْظِيمِ this is a, a description of perfection which is uh, done out of love and magnification so that's when we say alhamdulillah this is uh, ascribing perfection to Allah by praising Him as such out of love and magnification. And then Alhamdu and then Lillah to Allah, be to Allah. And Allah is a title that denotes uniqueness to Allah and it denotes his purified and perfect self and it is unique to him none can have such a description الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب Allah الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب the one who has sent down to his slave meaning Muhammad the book here there is uh, a donation that we should make praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for sending the book and the revelation, the Quran to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he called him in this verse he called Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa abd so he qualified him with the attribute of ubudiyya slavery and worship because he is the most of mankind in such an attribute and he has been described in this attribute of slavery in three places in the Quran this is one verse this is the first verse Alhamdulillah الذي أنزل على عبده you, you can notice that عبد 
uh, has been uh, stated here and the second place it took uh, was in Surah Al-Baqarah in chapter 2 in chapter 2 verse 23 in verse 23 while defending him Allah describes him as Abd in this verse وَإِن كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبٍ مِمَّا نَزَّلْنَا عَلَىٰ عَبْدِنَا فَأْتُوا بِسُورَةٍ مِّن مِثْلِهِ وَادْعُوا شُهَدَاءَكُمْ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Defending his slave Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse in chapter 2 verse 23 And if you Arab, pagans, Jews and Christians are in doubt concerning that which we have sent down to our slave here it is to our slave so he qualified him with the attribute this honorable attribute of being a slave of Allah to our slave then produce a surah produce a chapter of the like thereof and call your witnesses meaning supporters and helpers besides Allah if you are truthful so this came as defending in a state of defense against the doubts that uh, the non-believers were raising concerning Muhammad message and also he had been called a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the description which came in Surah Al-Isra chapter 17 verse 1 when uh, he was ascended to above the seven uh, heavens to above the seven heavens where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in chapter 17 verse 1 Subhanal الذي أسرى بعبده Subhanal من المسجد الحرام إلى المسجد الأقصى الذي باركنا حوله لنريه من آياتنا إنه هو السميع البصير chapter 17 verse 1 glorified and exalted be Allah above all that evil they associate with him who Allah took his slave Muhammad for a journey by night from Al-Masjid Al-Haram the sacred mosque at Mecca to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa the farthest mosque the farthest mosque in Jerusalem in Al-Quds the neighborhood whereof we have blessed in order that we might show him show Muhammad show Muhammad our ayat our proofs and evidences and signs verily he is all hearer all seers so on all of these honorable states Allah described him by this honorable attribute of being a slave of him subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is really uh, very important because we know that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam cautioned this ummah not to exaggerate in his uh, in his praise because this would lead to what exactly happened with the Christians when they over exaggerated in the status of Jesus alayhi salam and they ended up uh, attributing divinity to him and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said لا تطروني كما أفرط النصارى عيسى بن مريم ولكن قولوا عبد الله <laughs> do not exceed the limits concerning me as the Christians had done with Jesus son of Mary 
but say Abdullah wa Rasuluh meaning the slave of Allah and his messenger here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this surah الذي أنزل على عبده his slave Al-Kitab what is Al-Kitab what is Al-Kitab the book here the book refers to Al-Quran it has been named or called Kitab لأنه يكتب you know or لأنه جامع because it's يعني written or لأنه جامع or compiler of the chapters compiling chapters and the Quran and the Quran is يعني could to call him either way فهو مكتوب it's written and also it is a collection as well then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَلَمْ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ عِوَجَا وَلَمْ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ عِوَجَا meaning and has not placed therein any crookedness and therefore it's upright, it's straight that's why immediately in the next verse Allah described it described the Quran as قَيِّمًا قَيِّمًا meaning utmost in straightness and uprightness so in the beginning he negated the crookedness when he said لم يجعل له عوجا and has not placed therein any crookedness and the following verse immediately he affirmed the perfection of the book by saying قيمة so he affirmed the perfection of the book by saying قيمة which means مستقيمة غاية الاستقامة that is it is يعني an extreme and highest level of uprightness then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made clear the wisdom behind the sending of the Quran then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made clear the wisdom behind the sending down of the Quran he said لِيُنذِرَ بَأْسًا شَدِيدًا مِنْ لَدُنْهِ وَيُبَشِّرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ أَجْرًا حَسَنًا he has made it straight to give warning that's the purpose the wisdom to give warning to the disbelievers of a severe punishment from him and to give glad tidings to the believers in the oneness of Allah in Tawheed who do righteous deeds that they shall have a fair reward in paradise and from the meanings also of this verse that this book has been revealed to Prophet Muhammad so that he will use it as in warning and the book itself is also a warner to mankind so this is correct from either side بَأْسًا شَدِيدًا مِنْ لَدُنْهِ straight to give warning of severe punishment from him from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also give glad tidings to the believers from the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَيُبَشِّرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ الصَّالِحَاتِ and to give glad tidings to the believers in the oneness of Allah who do righteous deeds there is a benefit here this really informs that with Iman, with belief there should be righteous deeds also and that لا يكفي الإيمان وحده فلا بد بل لا بد من عمل صالح but belief alone is not suffice 
but there must be righteous good deeds that accompany the belief and that's why it was said to some of the salaf and alaysa muftahu al-jannah la ilaha illallah isn't it that the key for paradise is the testimony of la ilaha illallah that there is no true God worthy of being worshipped except Allah so this means that anyone who comes up with this testimony it will be open for him he, the, uh, he answered yes وَلَكِنْ هَلْ يُفْتَحُ الْمُفْتَاحُ أو هَلْ يَفْتَحُ الْمُفْتَاحُ بِلَا أَسْنَانِ But, it's true, but would a key be able to open without having right ridges? It needs the right ridges. And these are the conditions of La ilaha illallah. That this testimony of La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, has conditions that will make it true and we have discussed those conditions in, uh, in separate talks and the believers who are the believers in this verse those who believe بِمَا يَجِبُ الْإِيمَانُ بِهِ those who believe in that which it's a must or obligatory or mandatory to believe in and the Prophet وسلم our Prophet Muhammad clarified that in the hadith of Jibreel السلام, when Jibreel السلام, asked Muhammad وسلم, about Iman, about faith so the Prophet وسلم, answered and تؤمن بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر وتؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره that you believe in Allah in his angels, in his books, in his messengers and the last day, وَتُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدَرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ That you believe in the pre-decree, it's good and it's bad. And this hadith is in Sahih uh, Muslim. المؤمنين, those who believe in that which is mandatory upon them to believe, and this is detailed in the hadith of Jibreel, which we just recited, which, which was uh, narrated. الَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ الصَّالِحَاتِ Meaning those believers who will do the righteous deeds, and when a deed will be righteous, or when deeds will be righteous it requires three matters and one of them is the belief because deeds from non-believers are not accepted so the second is and we came over this last night the second is الإخلاص لله تعالى meaning the deed should be done solely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and secondly or thirdly المتابعة لشريعة الله that it should be in compliance with the legislations and of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but we know that the legislations of Allah after the advent of the message of Muhammad sallallahu are all abrogated by the sharia of Rasulullah sallallahu and what was in opposition to ikhlas, to sincerity and purity is the shirk is associating something or anything uh, in worship with Allah and with respect to mutaba'a compliance, the opposite of it is innovation in deen. And that's why al-bid'atu la tuqbalu mahmazdanat fi qalbi sahibiha. That's why an innovation, you know, is not accepted no matter how it is uh, fair-seeming in the heart of its uh, doer. 
وَمَهْمَا كَانَ فِيهَا مِنَ الْخُشُوعِ And regardless of how much tranquility and calmness is therein. وَمَهْمَا كَانَ فِيهَا مِنْ تَرْقِيقِ الْقَلْبِ And regardless of how much there is of the softening of the heart. لِأَنَّهَا لَيْسَتْ مُوَافِقَ لِلشَّرَعِ Because it is not in agreement with the shara' with the legislation. That's why we say, the Shaykh Rahimahullah added, كل بدعة مهما استحسنها مبتدعها فإنها غير غير مقبولة Every innovation irrespective of the fact that its door beautifies it making look first seeming فإنها غير مقبولة then it is not really accepted بل هي ضلالة to the contrary it is an astray كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم and therefore anyone who does an action which is in accordance with the with the sharia at least from the outside at least from the, what's apparent from it لكن القلب فيه رياء however the heart has uh, show off in such an action with respect to such an action فإنه لا يقبل لفقد الإخلاص then it will not be accepted because it lacks sincerity and purity and anyone who, ومن عمل عملا خالصا على غير وفق الشريعة فإنه لا يقبل and anyone who does any sincere action which is not in compliance with the sharia then again that will not be acceptable إذا لابد من أمرين and therefore there must be two things إخلاص الله إخلاص لله إخلاص لله عز وجل واتباع لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم that uh, there should be sincerity and purity for Allah the most magnificent and uh, the most majestic and should be in accordance with the way of Rasulullah otherwise it will not be a righteous deed then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continued to uh, give glad tidings to the believers in the next verse أَنَّ لَهُمْ أَجْرًا حَسَنًا Meaning that they shall have a fair reward And that is paradise مَاكِثِينَ فِيهِ أَبَدًا مَاكِثِينَ فِيهِ أَبَدًا They shall abide therein forever And this uh, reward Because in, uh, this is in response to the action And this is from the uh, justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala why? Because it is uh, from his justice to call this as a reward to us or to the person, to the believer who is obedient so that man will yani, feel secure and assured that this reward is guaranteed. Because we know that everyone who is you know, being hired to do anything uh, if he does his job then he deserves the reward. And with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best example. And then here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, They ha- shall have a fair reward. A fair reward. And in another verse, there came another description. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا الْحُسْنَ وَزِيَادَةِ as in chapter 10 verse 26
and in another verse of Surah Ar-Rahman verse 60 for those who have gone good in this world and even more this ziyada and this is the having the honor of looking at the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as came in the explanation of the Prophet in an authentic narration and uh, also Surah Ar-Rahman verse 60 Is there any reward for good other than good? That they shall abide therein forever meaning staying forever without sickness, without death nothing of that will touch them no hunger, no thirst no heat, no cool everything is um, perfect from all of its angles and then when should we know we should know that it's from the creed of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah أَنَّ الْجَنَّةَ مَوْجُودَ الْآنَ وَأَنَّهَا مُؤَبَّدَةَ That the paradise exists now and that it is forever existing وَأَنَّ النَّارَ مَوْجُودَةٌ الْآنَ وَأَنَّهَا مُؤَبَّدَةَ And similarly with respect to the fire of hell and this came in the Quran regarding the uh, the the staying or the the, the, the presence of paradise and hellfire in many places uh, in the Quran and one of these places we go over them three places that are very important uh, chapter 4 verses 168 to 169 <laughs> وَلَا لِيَهْدِيَهُمْ طَرِيقًا إِلَّا طَرِيقَ جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا وَكَانَ ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرًا Those who disbelieve and did wrong by concealing the truth about Muhammad Wasallam and his message of the Tawheed meaning لم يكن الله ليغفر لهم Allah will not forgive them وَلَا لِيَهْدِيَهُمْ طَرِيقًا nor he guides them to any way except illa tariqa jahannam except the way of hell to dwell therein khalidina fiha abada to dwell therein forever wakana dhalika ala allahi yasira and this is very easy for Allah and this is very easy for Allah this is in surah al-nisa chapter 4 verse verses 168 and 169 also in surah al-ahzab which is chapter 33 verses 64 and 65 Indeed Allah has cursed the disbelievers and had prepared for them a flaming fire Sa'ira خالدين فيها أبدا wherein they will 
be forever لا يجدون وليا ولا نصيرا neither a protector nor a helper they shall find there this is in Surah Al-Ahzab 33-64-65 and in Surah Al-Jinn Surah Al-Jinn in Surah Al-Jinn and when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَإِنَّ لَهُ نَارَ جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا 72 verse 23 and anyone who disobeys Allah and his messenger فَإِنَّ لَهُ نَارَ جَهَنَّمْ then verily for him is the fire of hell he shall dwell in thereon forever and here there needs uh, a clarification here which is very important we read in the last part here where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and anyone who disobeys Allah and his messenger does this mean that and we all fall in, in sin so does this really mean for anyone who uh, disobeys uh, Allah or disobeys the messenger he, this applies on him this applies on him when we know from the other verses in the Quran إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ Allah does not forgive that you know, uh, rivals be set uh, beside Allah along with Allah وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ but he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, forgives whomever he wishes, meaning in other than shirk. So how can we understand these two verses? This means those who insist on their sins and do that out of arrogance and disdainfulness and die on that and die on such a state and this uh, brings these two statements in agreement alhamdulillah ta'ala so all these three verses which we have cited now are yani, uh, uh, explicit in terms of the uh, occurrence of the fire of hell as well as the occurrence of paradise And that the difference concerning the uh, the uh, the fire of hell, saying that some saying that it will come to an end. He says the Sheikh Rahimahullah, this has no real value of opinion. Why? Because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the All Knower and the Creator, says Khalidina fiha abada they will abide then forever then comes then it will be said that la abadiyya I mean there is no uh, you know that this it's, it's not forever and this is strange the shaykh rahimahullah said then he, and he cautioned that we should be careful regarding this matter that al-jannah wa al-nar makhluqatan al-an they are created now and li'anna Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dhakara fil jannati u'iddat wa fil nari u'iddat that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned with respect to the Jannah that it is u'iddat, prepared as well as the same, the same term u'iddat meaning yani also prepared then we go to the next verse وَيُنْذِرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا اتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ وَلَدًا 
وَيُنْذِرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا اتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ وَلَدَا and to warn those the Jews and the Christians and the pagans who say Allah has begotten a son or offspring or children مَا لَهُمْ بِهِ مِنْ عِلْمٍ مَا لَهُمْ بِهِ مِنْ عِلْمٍ وَلَا لِآبَائِهِمْ كَبُرَتْ كَلِمَةً تَخْرُجُ مِنْ أَفْوَاهِهِمْ إِنْ يَقُلُونَ إِلَّا كَذِبًا and to warn those the Jews and the Christians and the pagans who say Allah has begotten a son or offspring or children no knowledge have they of such a thing nor have their fathers mighty is the word that comes out of their mouth that is Allah begot sons and daughters they utter nothing but a lie they utter, no- utter nothing but a lie then the Sheikh explains these verses this is a warning the Sheikh says uh, to the like of the Christians who said that Inna Allah, who said the Messiah, the Messiah Jesus is the son of Allah and to the Jews as well who said that Al-Uzair ibn Allah Al-Uzair is the son of Allah and the Mushriks from the pagan Arabs who said Inna Al-Malaika Banatullah that the angels are the daughters of Allah and Al-Uzair with respect to the Jews he was a righteous man he wasn't really a prophet then Allah here denies for them they're saying by saying no knowledge have they of such a thing meaning of such a thing of of uh, in their, either in their saying or with respect to the children or offspring that they attribute to Allah so if they don't have such a knowledge, then the only thing remaining is jahil, is ignorance. As well as this applies regarding their their fathers, who said the same thing as they said, and also without knowledge. All these are conjectures and delusions. And these are not ulum, they are not really knowledge matters, matters of knowledge. Kaburat كَلِمَةً تَخْرُجُ مِنْ أَفْوَاهِهِمْ Meaning mighty, such a word that they utter. Just as Allah said in Surah Maryam, in chapter 19, verses 90 to 93, مِنْهُ وَتَنْشَقُّ الْأَرْضُ وَتَخِرُّ الْجِبَالُ هَدَّا أن دعوا للرحمن ولدا وما ينبغي للرحمن أن يتخذ ولدا إن كل من في السماوات والأرض إلا آت الرحمن عبدا whereby the heavens are almost torn and the earth is split asunder and the mountains fall in ruins that they ascribe a son or offspring or children to the most gracious Allah but it is not suitable for the majesty of the most beneficent Allah that he should beget a son or offspring or children. Why? In كل من في السماوات والأرض إلا آتي الرحمن عبدا There is none in the heavens and the earth but comes unto the most beneficent as a slave. But then if someone comes and says let's read the following verse in the Quran chapter 43 verse 81 someone may bring this statement this uh, statement of Allah قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ لِلْرَّحْمَانِ وَلَدٌ فَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْعَابِدِينَ so if someone says doesn't Allah say 
قل إن كان الرحمن ولد فأنا أول العابدين فيا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم If the most beneficent Allah had a son or children as you pretend then I am the first of Allah's worshippers What does this really mean? Here there is an if and this is conditional This is a matter of condition So to cling something to a condition does not does not prove the occurrence of what is being conditional okay this is what I'm saying if in kana say in kana in here is condition as a letter of condition grammatical so to base something on condition to link it to a condition does not necessitate لا يدل على إمكان المشروط it does not really proof the possibility of occurrence of what is being conditioned this is like this is like the saying in chapter 21 verse 22 and this is impossible to be the case and he is the Prophet is making evidence against them by such a saying as in chapter 21 this is يعني, very similar to other places in the Quran alhamdulillah as in the saying of uh, 21 had there been look at this this is the condition had there been therein in the heavens and the earth okay had there been therein in the heavens and the earth gods besides Allah then verily both would have been ruined لو كان فيهما آلهة إلا الله لفسدتا and in reality there isn't any in order what to prove that God is only one فسبحان الله رب العرش عما يصفون the same thing is with the case with the sun it is not really real يعني this is impossible now if you want it in Arabic then we can say as the Shaykh Rahimahullah said ولكن التعليق بالشرط yes التعليق بالشرط لا يدل على إمكان المشروط يعني على حدوث المشروط لا يدل عليه لأننا نفهم من آيات أخرى وأنا أعطيتك الآية because we know from other verses like the verse that I just gave you لا يمكن أن يكون هذا كما قال الله عز وجل فإن كنت في شك مما أنزلنا إليك فاسأل الذين يقرؤون الكتاب من قبلك وهو لا يمكن أن يشك هذا فرض الأمر الذي لا يقع This is hypothetical and it doesn't really occur As in the case where had there been there in the heavens and the earth gods beside Allah then verily both would have been ruled This is the same meaning Because يعني it's impossible to have gods other than Allah to govern that universe but it could be something really of utmost impo- uh, impossibility that's what it is وَإِيَّاكُمْ so كَبِرَتْ كَبُرَتْ كَلِمَةً تَخْرُجُ مِنْ أَفْوَاهِهِمْ mighty is the word that comes out of their mouths that they utter nothing but a lie can we, the Shaykh is saying can we deduce can we deduce from this word, from their mouth that this word is coming from their mouth that those who utter it 
say or utter on their tongues that which is not in their hearts and that they are not really sure that Allah indeed has a son Hmm. why? because any sensible person any sane person wouldn't you know say that Allah has a son and how could that be that this son from the creation we see like us eating drinking putting in clothes putting on clothes and that he is afflicted with thirst with hunger with what's warmth and with cold how could that be a son for Allah the Most High this is impossible that's why Allah right away said إِنْ يَقُولُونَ إِلَّا كَذِبًا in here إِنْ يَقُولُونَ is carries the meaning of ma meaning they utter nothing but a lie I mean, what they are saying ma يَقُولُونَ is only a lie <coughs> is a lie and a lie what is the meaning of lies <coughs> is the news which are in opposition to reality and the truth is what is in agreement with reality then we go to the sixth verse فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعُ النَّفْسَكَ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ إِنْ لَمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَسَفَا perhaps you would kill yourself or Muhammad in grief over their footsteps for their turning away from you because they believe not in this narration in the Quran فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعُ النَّفْسَكَ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ إِنْ لَمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَسَفَا this is an addressing to the Prophet Muhammad that's why, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing him in this manner لأنه كان صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا لم يجيبوه حزنا حزنا شديدا when they wouldn't respond positively to his call he would really feel very very sad وضاق صدره and he would become distressed فصلاه الله عز وجل then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him this comfort and that you have nothing you know to be blamed for for them not uh, ascribing to the Quran or accepting the Quran or accepting your pure proclamation you have done and you have proclaimed and we know that the duty of the messenger is al-balagh is the proclamation قال الله تعالى إن سورة الرعد إن شابتر 13 إن شابتر 13 verse 40 فإنما عليك البلاغ فإنما عليك البلاغ إن شابتر 13 verse 40 your duty is only to convey the message and on us is the reckoning فَإِنَّمَا عَلَيْكَ الْبَلَاغُ وَعَلَيْنَا الْحِسَابِ Your duty is only to convey the message and on us is the reckoning. And similarly, this applies to the inheritors of the Prophet after him, meaning al-ulama, the learned scholars of Islam, وَظِيفَتُهُمُ الْبَلَاغُ 
Their duty is to proclaim as far as guidance, then that's from Allah. And we know that a person, the believing person, really becomes saddened if people do not respond to the truth. But in this respect, people differ into two categories. People differ into two categories. <coughs> one, one kind of people will feel saddened because he himself was not accepted. لأنه لم يقبل نوع يحزن لأنه لم يقبل هو Meaning, this first type of people is that they become saddened because they themselves were not accepted. The second, ونوع يحزن لأن الحق لم يقبل لأن الحق لم يقبل Another becomes saddened because the truth was not accepted. And this is the latter one is which is praiseworthy. The first one is blameworthy. Because the first one, if he is calling others, he is calling them to himself. Wasani and the other case, if he calls, then he calls for the sake of Allah, the most mighty, the most majestic. That's why Allah says, Ud'u ila sabili rabbik. Not your way. Ud'u ila sabili rabbik. Call to the way of your Lord, as in Surah An-Nahl, chapter 27, verse 25. I'm sorry, chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse 25. It's a correction. Okay, so, and Allah Taala is reminding us, Ud'u ila sabili rabbik. Don't call for yourself. Then the Shaykh, rahimahullah, said, لكن إذا قال الإنسان أنا أحزن لأنه لم يقبل قولي Now if someone says well you know I feel saddened because my saying was not accepted لأنه الحق because it is the truth and he would say also ولذلك لو تبين لي الحق على خلاف قولي أخذت به and I would be such that if the truth was different from my saying I will take by the truth فهل يكون محمودا would he then be praiseworthy or not the sheikh answers by saying يكون محمودا he will be praiseworthy he would be praiseworthy in this position ولكن ليس كالآخر but not like the other one who الذي ليس له هم إلا قبول الحق not like the other one who his concern is only centered upon accepting the truth whether it came from himself or from others that would be the highest or the perfected will deserve the highest perfection in praise then uh, we move to the verse number 7 inna ja'alna ma ala al-ardi zinatan laha linabluwahum ayyuhum ahsanu amala Verily, we have made that which is on earth as an adornment for it. Why? 
Why? In order that we may test them, test mankind as to which of them are best indeed. Best indeed. And underline that best indeed. That is those who do good deeds in the most perfect manner. The Shaykh Rahimahullah is saying, if you ponder and contemplate the Quran, تجد أنه غالبا يقدم الشرع على الخلق you will find and this is a very important benefit that it gives precedence to the sharia over creation it gives precedence to the sharia over creation and we will make يعني the sheikh will make that clear in a moment قال الله تعالى let's put that in from surah ar-rahman chapter alhamdulillah chapter 55 verses 1 to 3 so that we can understand this يعني very vividly قال الله تعالى الرحمن these are the words of Allah this is from يعني from the this all refers to this is under sharia under the revelation الرحمن علم القرآن look at this علم القرآن then he says خلق الإنسان the most beneficent Allah علم القرآن has taught you mankind the Quran by his mercy علم القرآن خلق الإنسان خلق الإنسان you see how the, it came, the order came the preference came to the methods of legislation he taught the Quran then he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said he created man and then he, the Shaykh added, وَتَأَمَّلِ الْآيَاتِ فِي هَذَا الْمَعْنَى And contemplate and ponder the verses in this respect. تَجِدْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَبْدَأُ بِالشَّرَائِعِ قَبْلَ ذِكْرِ الْخَلْقِ وَمَا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِهِ You will find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions matters of legislation before, before mentioning the creation and what's related to them. Why? لِأَنَّ الْمَخْلُوقَاتِ This is the benefit. لِأَنَّ الْمَخْلُوقَاتِ إِنَّمَا سُخِّرَتْ إنما سخرت للقيام بطاعة الله عز وجل. that that is because the creatures you know have been made subservient to perform the obedience to Allah سبحانه وتعالى. that's why Allah سبحانه وتعالى in chapter سورة الذاريات he says وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون. this is the purpose for the creation. That jinn and mankind should only worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 29, هو الذي خلق لكم ما في الأرض جميعا. Allah is the one who created everything for you. Why? Why? Why did Allah create all this thing for us? In order these things would to be at our service. So that we perform the obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from this benefit you will know أن أصل الدنيا وإيجاد الدنيا إنما هو للقيام بشريعة الله عز وجل That the foundation for the creation of this life is that إنما هو للقيام So that the creatures perform and manifest the sharia The laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And this is a very important benefit from this verse and from Surah Al-Rahman, 
chapter 55-13, Allah mentions that which pertains to Sharia, then He mentions the creation. Ar-Rahmanu, the most beneficent, Allam al-Qur'an, taught mankind the Qur'an, Khalaq al-Insan. Then He mentioned the creation of man. And why this is important? Because people, that people don't really base their whole life for this world only. Allah created everything to worship Him, but would they comply or not? This is something else. In the same way as He has created us, created mankind, you see. There are those who will comply and there are those who will not. No. And this uh, brings a benefit which we discussed earlier uh, when we talked about the pre-decree of Allah. In fact, we will have a verse that will come uh, that will come shortly. فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرُ Whoever يعني, wills, let him يعني, uh, believe, and whoever uh, doesn't, then he will يعني, disbelieve. But then he immediately followed that, and that a warning for the disbelievers as to what will is what is awaiting for them in the hereafter. Uh, then we go now <coughs> to the other. Uh, there are a lot of benefits here. Uh, we have made that which is on the earth as an adornment for it. We have made that which is on the earth as an adornment for it. Why adornment for it? Zinatan lil ard, adornment for the earth, wadalika lihtibarin nas, and that is to test mankind. That is to test mankind. Meaning test them for what? Will they cling to this adornment or would they cling to their creator and resort to their creator? This is the test. So mankind are divided into two types. There are those who cling to the adornment of this life and there are those who relate their life to Allah, their creator and listen to this clearly in the Surah Al-A'raf chapter 7 following verses 175 and 176 ذلك مثل القوم الذين كذبوا بآياتنا فاقصص القصص لعلهم يتفكرون Contemplate this great verse and recite O Muhammad to them the story of him to whom Let's have them one by one inshallah so that we can the story of him to whom we gave our ayat our proofs and evidences and verses and lessons and signs and revelations but but he threw them away so shaitan satan followed him up and he became of those who went astray and and had we willed we would surely have elevated him therewith but he clung to the earth and followed his own vain desire so his description is the description of a bug if you drive him away 
he lulls his tongue out or if you leave him alone he still lulls his tongue out such is the description of the people who reject our ayat our proofs, evidences so relate the stories perhaps they might reflect or they may reflect so relate the stories perhaps they may reflect Allahu Akbar what a perfect description so Allah has made these adornments to test the creation and whether this adornment is, is from the things that which Allah had created or from the things which man makes so all these decorated palaces all these decorated palaces are adornments no doubt about it they are adornments but they are you know human made however the earth with its mountains and its rivers and its plants and when Allah sends rain upon it it will bring fruits from every pairs also of growth this is adornment from Allah this is adornment from Allah where we know that this is a test because he said جَعَلْنَا مَا عَلَى الْأَرْضِ زِينَةً لَهَا right away he said in order that we may test them in order that we may test them أَيُّهُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا as to which of them are best in deeds as to which of them are best in deeds here here the shaykh is reminding us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say that we test them as to those who will be abundant in deeds who will do much deeds no because he said al-ibratu bil-ahsani la bil-akthar the matter is the relevance of the matter is as to that which is best not that which is plentiful or many or much and that's why he says لو صلى الإنسان أربع ركعات على يقين ضعيف and that's why if a person performs four rak'ah in salah but with weak certainty or in a way which is not in accordance with the way of law of sharia this is one case and another person makes two rak'ah with certainty and with good compliance with the way of Prophet Muhammad then فَأَيُّهُمَا أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا in the beginning uh, that uh, Jibreel السلام, in the very first encounter he told the Prophet وسلم, to read and uh, yani he was um, terrified and scared and everything in the very, in the very first encounter but uh, in other additional encounters uh, the Prophet ﷺ made it clear and he knew who was uh, Jibreel السلام, and uh, that he was in name Jibreel as in the case where uh, when he asked him these questions about Iman, about faith, about, uh, about uh, Islam and the Prophet ﷺ answered and when Jibreel left he told the companions who were sitting there that do you know who was this one who came and asked these questions they said Allah and his messenger know best then he told them this was Jibreel Gabriel who came to teach you your deen to teach you your religion of course he defined himself as a messenger from Allah 
and that he was trusted with the with the, with the revelation and this is stated in the Quran in many places as to the second person who did uh, who did the two rak'ah in such a way with certainty and with following then who is best certainly the second one then وَإِنَّا لَجَاعِلُونَ مَا عَلَيْهَا صَعِيدًا جُرُزًا in chapter the same chapter but verse 8 and verily we shall make all that is on the earth a bare dry soil without any vegetation or trees why is Allah mentioning this after he mentioned all the adornments all this earth with its adornments and its palaces and its trees and its plants you name it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it a bare dry soil this is the same when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Taha in chapter in chapter 20 verse 105 chapter 20 verse 105 and they ask you concerning the mountains O Muhammad say my Lord will blast them and scatter them as particles of dust and in another verse the same chapter 20 106 107 just momentarily right away be and it will be be and it will be then he shall leave it as a level smooth plain you will see there in nothing crooked or curved and therefore there is the lesson that we shouldn't really cling to this earth our hearts should not cling to them because it will come to an end it will become as if it were not existing in fact Allah says in Surah Yunus chapter 10 verse 24 كَأَنْ لَمْ تَغْنَ بِالْأَمْسِ كَأَنْ لَمْ تَغْنَ بِالْأَمْسِ chapter 10 verse 24 Surah Yunus let's read this verse because it's all relevant to what uh, the Sheikh is uh, talking about إِنَّمَا مَثَلُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا كَمَا إِنْ أَنْزَلْنَاهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ فَاخْتَلَطَ بِهِ نَبَاتُ الْأَرْضِ مِمَّا يَأْكُلُ النَّاسُ وَالْأَنْعَامِ Verily the likeness of this worldly life is as the water, rain, which we send down from the sky. So by it arises the intermingled produce of the earth, over which men and cattle eat, until when, here is the point, until when the earth is clad in its adornments and is beautified, and its people think, and its people think that they have all the powers of disposal over it, our command reaches it by night or by day, and we make it like a clean moon harvest, as if it had not flourished yesterday, as if it had not flourished yesterday. Thus do we explain the proofs, the evidences, the lessons, the signs in detail for the people who reflect for the people who reflect so in the day of resurrection will occur 
where will be the palaces where will be the mountains where will be the trees oh the whole earth will be like a smooth surface no plants no buildings no trees Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will turn it juruza it will be smooth sleek and then Allah will turn it juruza khaliya min zinatiha allati kanat alayha emptied of all this adornment dry soil without any vegetation or trees free from all this adornment so man don't cling to this life and don't cling to this earth but cling to the one who created you and created this earth and adorned you and adorned this earth then Allah now begins telling the Prophet Muhammad concerning the people of the cave their story and this is in chapter 9 where Allah says أَمْ حَسِبْتَ أَنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْكَهْفِ وَالرَّقِيمِ كَانُوا مِنْ آيَاتِنَا عَجَبًا أَمْ حَسِبْتَ أَنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْكَهْفِ وَالرَّقِيمِ كَانُوا مِنْ آيَاتِنَا عَجَبًا Do you think that the people of the cave and the inscription, the news or the names of the people of the cave, were a wonder among our signs? Do you think that the people of the cave and the inscription were a wonder amongst our signs? And this do you think, such a statement, تتضمن الاستفهام من أجل شد النفس إلى الاستماع إلى القصة لأنها حقيقة عجب هذه القصة عجب In such a way أم حسبت Do you think this implicit in such a statement is the exclamation in order to attract oneself to listen to the story because really it's a wonder this story is a wonder عجب amongst the signs of Allah Al-Kahf meaning the cave they were young men who fled for refuge from their disbelieving folk to the cave they fled their folk who were disbelievers and came to this cave for shelter they were young men and the Jews in the beginning of this uh, story the Jews asked the Prophet ﷺ many questions amongst them were this question concerning the people of the cave Naam they were testing him وسلم, and they asked him about the people of the cave and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed him, informed him of their story <coughs> and Al-Kahf Am Hasibta Am Ashab Al-Kahf do you think that the people of the cave Warraqeem that's alright, that's okay Warraqeem meaning the inscription because their story were written on this cave from its beginning to the end it, were, it was inscribed in one, on one stone on this cave their story was inscribed from the beginning to the end those people of the cave 
where from min ayatina ajaba from the universal signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the wandering signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they are wonders because these were seven with their dog seven with their dog they hated the status of their people of shirk so they left muttajihina ila Allah seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save themselves from that upon which their people were on from the state of shirk and kufr and disbelief so they resorted to this cave and from their good from the good which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had prepared for them is that this cave has a door لا يتجه للمشرق ولا للمغرب ولا للمغرب سبحان الله this door is not in the direction of neither the east nor the west because had it been in the direction of the east then the sun would have eaten them up at the time of some rise and it would have done the same if that door was to the direction of the west when the sun would set that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَتَرَى الشَّمْسَ إِذَا طَلَعَتْ تَزَاوَرُ عَنْ كَهْفِهِمْ ذَاتَ الْيَمِينِ وَإِذَا غَرَبَتْ فَقْرِضُهُمْ ذَاتَ الشِّمَالِ وَهُمْ فِي فَجْوَةٍ مِّنْهِ ذَلِكَ مِنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ the same surah but verse 17 barakallahu feek and we will come to that inshallah but just to and he gives some idea about the story. Chapter 17. And you might have seen the sun when it rose declining to the right from their cave, and when it set turning away from them to the left, while they lay in the midst of the cave. And this is one of the ayat of the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He whom Allah guides, he is the rightly guided. But he whom he sends astray for him, you will find no guiding friend to lead him to the right path. Then comes the next, next verse, verse 10 insha'Allah. إِذْ أَوَلْ فِتْيَةُ إِلَى الْكَهْفِ فَقَالُوا رَبَّنَا آتِنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةُ وَهَيِّئْ لَنَا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا رَشَدًا from here the story begins remember when the young men fled to refuge from their disbelieving folk to the cave they said فَقَالُوا رَبَّنَا they invoked Allah آتِنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةِ bestow on us mercy from yourself وَهَيِّئْ لَنَا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا رَشَدًا and facilitate for us our affair in the right way so here begins remember when the young men fled from their people and uh, the kuffar uh, uh, the of Quraysh also asked the Prophet ﷺ about their story and he ﷺ didn't read the books of the past why? and this was something to prove his messengership 
you know, had he been, you know, knowing of the books of the past, they would have taken this against him. And they say, you are only reading the books of the past. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is very important, why Allah in chapter 29, in uh, verse 48, Neither did you, Muhammad, read any book before it, meaning the Qur'an, nor did you write any book whatsoever with your right hand. In that case, indeed, the followers of falsehood might, might have doubted. Might have doubted. Then Allah asserted by saying, بَلْ هُوَ آيَاتٌ بَيِّنَاتٌ فِي صُدُورِ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمِ Nay, but they, the clear ayat, meaning the description and the qualities of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, written in the surah, and the Injil are preserved in the breasts of those who have been given knowledge among the people of the scriptures. So, alhamdulillah, this is in itself is a proof for his messengership, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Allah described them as fitya, and fitya means the young, uh, who is perfect in strength and will. This is the definition of fitya in Arabic, al-fata. Awal fityatu ila al-kahf The young men fled to refuge in the kahf In the cave From their people Fearing for themselves uh, From shirk and kufr And therefore resorted to Allah By invoking him Rabbana atina min ladunka rahma O Allah bestow upon us From your mercy Meaning a mercy whereby you will Like in the saying of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala When Abu Bakr, the companion of the Prophet Muhammad Told Rasulullah Allimni dua'an ad'u bihi fi salati O Messenger of Allah Teach me one dua, one invocation That I can supplicate Allah With it in my prayers Qal, the Prophet taught him the following dua Allahumma inni zalamtu nafsi zulman kathira O Allah, I have indeed wronged myself so much Wala yaghfiru al-dhunuba illa ant And none will forgive the sins except you Faghfir li maghfiratan min andik Then have uh, upon me uh, a forgiveness from you Warhamni and be merciful to me Innaka anta al-ghafur al-rahim You are verily the one who is oft forgiving and uh, most merciful so this brings the uh, the explanation of the first ten verses of uh, Surah Al-Kahf, which our Shaykh Rahimahullah, Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih Al-Uthaymeen, uh, had explained, and now it's Alhamdulillah published. But this is the first time that you uh, are hearing it in the uh, in, in this live kind of uh, presentation in English. I ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to make that a benefit for myself and for all of you. وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وبارك الله فيكم